What is up, everybody? Welcome to Wide Your home all things and with me, as always, Keith Bradley. Keith, how was your weekend? It was pretty good. Pretty nice, good. Nice. How's even that? though my even though my Bengals lost, but it yeah. was good. <laughs> That's okay. First week of the NFL season, it doesn't doesn't mean a whole lot. So I'm sure I'm sure they'll be fine. I uh, I you know I remember. I don't follow. Well, I shouldn't say this. I because I do still follow sports i still follow the nfl i follow major league baseball i follow the nba um you know obviously i follow racing more than all of them but i remember sundays all through middle school high school and then even probably like the first you know up until i was like 27 28 years old like sundays in the fall were my favorite day of the week um, I loved Saturdays too because I I love college football. I actually like I've always liked college football better than the NFL. It's just now I I, I don't like it as I still lo- I still I still love it, but I just I don't love it as much because with all the conference realignment and everything like that, and, and we can have a whole discussion on payers be players being paid and all stuff like that. But I liked the fact that I could turn on an SEC game you know, years ago, and it looked like an SEC game. I like, you know, Pac, what was the Pac-10 back then, looked like Pac-10, and now all these conference, all these teams move in and realignment and stuff. It's just, I don't know, there's not as many rivalries, and I just, but anyways, I used to love watching college football on Saturday, but my favorite day was Sunday, because I would wake up in the morning, and here on the West Coast, you know, NFL starts early, so I would wake up at like, 7 30 in the morning make myself breakfast i would always do my laundry on sundays i would start my laundry and then i would literally lay on the couch and i would watch the nfl pregame show i would watch the nfl game and then as soon as nascar came on i would be flipping back and forth between football and nascar and i i loved those days and i would usually (laughs) it would usually result with me falling asleep taking a nap on the couch and then waking up sometime before sunday night football and watching sunday night football it was literally the best day ever um i loved them and i don't don't get to do that anymore (laughs) but now uh i would i would i was just thinking about that this last sunday when when nfl got started i was like god how what i would give to be able to just go lay on my couch all day long and watch sports again i really miss those days yeah and and that's how i am I'm, i'm more of a college football fan i think the the play is better i think and then like i like watching baseball come playoff time same thing with college basketball i I don't really care for the NBA. Yeah, I still like the NBA, but there's things about it that drive me nuts. You know, um, like I still like the games and everything like that. I think some of the, the, and it's, it has to do with what sports has become. The NFL really set the trend with this where they made it a year round sport, right? Even though there's only 18 weeks of regular season and you've got the playoffs and the Super Bowl and everything, but you know, the, the NFL has become a year round sport. I mean, you look at, if you look at what sports networks were doing just, you know, 15, 20 years ago, I remember I would watch highlights 
all the time on SportsCenter, right? Every night. That's how I got caught up on a lot of stuff was I would watch SportsCenter. I was working at the casinos. I was working nights back then. And I would come home. It'd be like one or two in the morning. I'd watch SportsCenter. I'd see the highlights of the games I missed. And they would talk about baseball. They would talk, you know, it was a, it was a lot of stuff going on. Now it's literally NFL 365 days a year. It could be in the middle of the baseball season and they're talking about, you know, NFL free agency or they're talking about the upcoming draft or, you know, the draft combine. I mean, it's just it's nonstop in the NBA. It's gotten like that, too. And you get all these players who it's like. You're complaining you're you literally signed a two hundred million dollar contract and you're bitching about your teammates or you're bitching that you can't win here or you know what I mean? Like it seems like there's always somebody who's pissed. There's always somebody who's upset. There's it's just, yeah, I, the NBA is, I, I'm not as big of a fan of it as I used to, but yeah, I, I, I miss those, those fun Sundays. They were, they were, they were great, but anyways, moving on. Speaking of Sundays, we, uh, we got a lot of stuff to cover as we had a big, big uh, race oh, this last Sunday at Kansas. Uh, we got a ton of stuff to cover in our dirt track recap with the Outlaws and the Gold Cup Race of Champions. Plus, we had the World 100 at Eldora. Uh, we even got a new points leader here in the USAC, in USAC Sprints. We got a ton of stuff going on um, in the world of racing. But before we dive into hit or miss and everything else that we got going on in the world of racing... In today's open, I got to cover something that is just, I don't know. I guess it's kind of finally beaten me into submission. Um, it actually, it reminds me of, speaking of the NFL, it reminds me of instant replay. Okay, and what I mean by that is this. I can't stand instant replay. It takes forever. No matter what they do, they never get the call right. The game was much faster in every sport. It's much faster without it, um, you know. And you have these purists who are like, "Hey, man, just want to get it right." And it's like, "Me too. I too would love to get it right." Except they don't get it right, and we end up sitting there watching these guys under a tent for five minutes, look at thirty different angles, and the results are still the same. I thought of this. As I was listening to people bitch about restarts in NASCAR, because it's become the same thing. And what I mean by that is, is they're just freaking ridiculous. I fucking hate restarts in NASCAR now. It's absolutely ridiculous. You've got all these guys who are laying back, trying to time the start. The guy who's leading the race is literally one of the most vulnerable, which they should have the greatest advantage since they're in the lead. That's the whole point of a restart. That's why we line them up two by two by two and why the leader sets the pace and determines when they get to go within the restart zone. You guys remember back in July when NASCAR came out and said they were going to start being a lot more strict, more stern with the restarts because, hey, man, we got to clean this up. Well, what have they not done? Clean it up. I mean, we saw this last week at Kansas. You had all these guys laying back, everyone trying to time the start. And look, it made for an exciting finish. Don't get me wrong. But then at the same point, if you are 
you know, a Daniel Suarez fan, right? You're like, dude, this kind of sucks. You got these guys just laying back, timing it, getting a run, right? Diving down to the inside. It, it's become an absolute joke. And it's not like we see this just in overtime. We've seen this before at many attracts where we get these restarts and it's like, hey man, cautions breed cautions. Well, the reason for that, especially nowadays, is because when we get to a restart, it's like, dude, all bets are off. And it's an absolute fluster clock, man. It's just ridiculous. And for some reason, NASCAR, after they say, hey, we're going to tighten this up, haven't done anything. And it's not that difficult. I mean, Keith, you can attest this. Go to any dirt track in the country on a Friday or Saturday night. And if you pull what these cup drivers pull on a restart, you're going to get sent to the back of the pack. It's really simple. Like you were told this in the driver's meeting. Don't pull that shit. Right? Except for maybe Bowman Gray, which is a clown show. And I don't count them as racing. I know I just pissed off a lot of people with that comment, but it's ridiculous. You cannot just lay back five car lengths and then try to time the restart. If you do that, you get punished. Absolutely 100%. You will never see a World of Outlaws sprint car race with a restart like you have in NASCAR. Not just because the track isn't as wide, not just because... You know, they've got gears and cups so they can accelerate faster. No, you won't see it because you can't do it. You've got to be double file when they come through that zone. You cannot be making three wide moves before the flag stand. Like, what What are we doing? And yes, I know. Well, Tommy, a lot of those are happening after the flag stand. Dude, they're literally pushing each other, right? You got the leader with their ass end an extra six inches in the air because the car behind them is shoving them down the straightaway because they timed the restart, right? They hung back three car lengths and timed the restart. And now they're going to dart down to the apron as soon as they cross the start finish line. And you guys, if we want NASCAR or if NASCAR wants to clean up the wrecks and clean up the chaos on this shit, why don't you start actually punishing people? It's not that difficult. It's really simple. I mean, you said you were going to tighten this stuff up and you haven't done it. I mean, this is like, I don't know, parenting 101. Like, you know what I mean? Like if you tell your kids, no, they do it anyways. And then you do nothing about it. Guess what they're not going to do? They're not going to listen to you. And I can't blame drivers for doing it because Everybody does it. You're going to be, you're, you are literally going to be a sitting duck. The only people who can't do it are the guys on the front row because they can't lay back. They're up front, right? If you're the leader, you can't lay back. <laughs> no matter how much you lay back, everyone else is going to be behind you laying back more. So NASCAR needs to start punishing this shit because if they don't, it's only going to get worse. It really is. It's not going to get any better, especially when you have this car. When you have this car and the racing, as we'll talk about in hit or miss at these, these mile and a half tracks, is incredible. It's the best racing on the schedule right now. But it's so built on momentum and runs. If you don't start nipping this in the bud now, it's going to be way, way worse 12 months from now. It just is. Because these guys, it's so hard to get a run and pass now, which is what, keep in mind, this is what they wanted, right? Let's make the cars as equal as we possibly can, so it's up to the setup and the drivers. Well, when you've got the best drivers in the world, right, and the best equipment in the world, keep in mind, the lowest team out there, they are in incredibly good equipment, right? They might not, they might not be set up like Hendrick, but they're still very, very well put together. 
and they're only separated by a few tenths of a second, you're going to do anything you possibly can to get around somebody when the opportunity arises. And right now, it's restarts. So NASCAR needs to get this taken care of now. Otherwise, it is only going to get worse. World 100 at Eldora, right? The World 100, the biggest dirt late model race of the year. A main, 100 lap feature. Mason Ziegler on the pole. Coming to the green flag, jumps to start. They throw the yellow. Dude, you were warned in the driver's meeting. Move your ass back a row. I mean, punished right there. It doesn't matter that it's the biggest race. It doesn't matter that it pays X amount of it, None of that matters. You broke the rule, dude. You this Your warning was the driver's meeting. Therefore, you're getting moved back a row. All you have to do... I'm not saying you need to send these guys to the back of the pack. Move them back a row. That is all it'll take. It, when it is that hard to pass people, move them back a row. You do that a couple of times and you're going to discover that these guys are going to stop doing that shit because they don't want to lose any more positions. What is the point of having these pit stops and all this other stuff and doing everything you can to get out in front of people when you now become the most vulnerable because you're at the front of the pack and you can't lay back because the next 13 rows behind you can. It's absolutely ridiculous and NASCAR needs to start punishing the guys or like I said, the shit's only going to get worse. Today's episode is brought to you by Produxa. Look, you guys, when it comes to protecting and adding a mirror-like shine to your surfaces, you pretty much have two options. You can go with one of those low, you know, quality products out there. Uh, you know, do the old school, like my parents used to do, use the old dish soap to wash your car, or you can go with Produxa. You guys, I've personally used this stuff and it works incredible, man. Whether it's their ceramic coating, their wash, their tire shine, and it not only looks great, but it's super easy to use. I mean, my 10-year-old son was helping me use this stuff, and we used it on my daughter's car, and the car literally looked new. And my daughter's 17, so you can imagine that the car did not look new before we washed it. So if you want to actually give your car a mirror-like shine while in the process protecting it, head over to Produxa.com or the link down in the description below and check out their full line of products today. I can promise you, you will love them. All right, Keith, let's dive into hit or miss. Are you ready? Let's do it. All right. So we had some big news that just came out as Trackhouse Racing has signed SVG for the 2024 season. And they are making the right decision by putting him in a variety of cup, Xfinity, truck, and even late model races next year. Hit or miss the mark. I think it hits the mark. They're they're reaching out to a different market, basically, out of Australia. So you're going to bring more eyes and more attention to the sport. And, Absolutely. And I love the fact that they're not just throwing him straight into a cup car and saying, here you go. Mm -hmm. They're yep. going to run him in multiple different cars whether it's truck xfinity i've seen some cars tour stuff possibly um hey i think they made a, a good move by doing what they did um if anything it, it'll it'll help bring more eyes to to the uh sport yeah i'm with you i love it i i mean we've we've been thinking that this was going to happen as soon as we started hearing svg talk about coming to nascar um we always thought that Trackhouse was going to be 
probably the landing spot for them just because they've got the resources, they've got the chart, you know, they've got everything in place. And, you know, they made it official. And I absolutely love the fact I'm right there with you. I think it hits the mark, you know, put him in a wide variety of series, right? He's only, he's, he's like in his early 30s. What is he like, 33, 34? Yeah, I mean, he's still got a ton of racing ahead of him, right? You can get 10 more years out of him. So let him run these other series. Let him get a feel for the oval racing and how the arrow works you know that's that, that type of stuff is so important so i think it's good for him and also let him get on the short tracks and beat and bang in a late model and see how that feels right like i think it's it's a, just an absolute home run on them to do that don't just bring him in and be like hey he's a phenomenal road racer we're gonna just have him run cup and hope we can get into the the playoffs no they set him up for success let's build the foundation let's get him on the oval tracks because that's obviously you know he's done some oval racing early on but he hasn't done that he hasn't done a lot of that in years right on the v8 supercar tour it's not like they're running you know bristols and and uh talladegas so let's get him out there let's get him running that stuff so we can bring him along properly and then hopefully depending on how he does i don't know what they're what the long-term plan is, but you know, 2025, 2026, we can see him full-time cup racing. So I love it, man. I was happy to see it. And, uh, I think, you know, to have somebody like that, like you said, that's from a different market who's had, you know, very, very good success. I talked about this before. Um, you know, we've had drivers before, obviously we can talk about Marcus Ambrose and these guys who've come over, but you know, this, this guy seems, uh, you know, he just seems different in the best ways possible compared to those other drivers. So I think it's awesome. And obviously, you know, the cup series with this car, even if they make significant changes to it, it's still closer than any other cup car has been before to, you know, these, what these foreign drivers have, have done. So I love it, man. And I'm, I'm definitely looking forward to seeing how he does next year. So moving on after a disastrous two races in the playoffs. Martin Truex Jr. will be eliminated from the playoffs after this week's race at Bristol. Hit or miss the mark? Ooh, I'm going to have to say it hits the mark. I don't... When the 19 struggles, he, he usually lasts a few races, I think. Um, do I think they could go into Bristol and win? Possibly, but man, it, it's just tough to, especially with this car, when it's hard to pass, it's hard to dig yourself out of a hole. Um, and it's going to get tougher at Bristol. I don't, I don't see them advancing after Bristol. Yeah, I'm with you, man. Um, and unfortunately, Bristol is not a good track for Truex. I think his last top five was like, eight years ago or something like that. I mean, like it's, he, he doesn't, he just hasn't been good there. Now he is a former champion. We know the dude can drive. He won the regular season championship this, this year, like the dude can drive. And Joe Gibbs racing is obviously a, you know, top tier team. You can put them right up there with, with Hendrick. So they've got the capability to do it. Um, it's just like you said, man, when those guys are off they seem to be off now 
last week at Kansas, obviously that was just completely fluke. It was like lap four. I mean, you know, just shit happens. And unfortunately it's been a shitty start for Martin Trick Jr. in these playoffs. But yeah, he's going to have to really dig deep, man. He is, I mean, he's sitting seven points below the cutoff line right now. And, you know, him, Bubba Wallace, Ricky Stenhouse Jr. And Michael Medell, you know, those are the four out as of right now. And, you know, Truex not only needs to run good, but he needs to beat, you know, Harvick, Logano, Bell, Busher, um, to get in, right? Like he's one of those guys have got to come out for him to get in. And, uh, those guys, you know, Bristol is a track that they do well at. So it's going to be tough sledding for them. Um, I do think if they can get out of this round, if they can make it to the round of 12, then I think he's got a very good shot to make the final four. I think if he can get through this test, um, he'll be looking good the rest of the playoffs, but it's going to be tough this weekend. Really tough. All right, moving on. So after what was a incredible race this last weekend at Kansas, if NASCAR is going to keep the current version of the Gen 7 for the foreseeable future, they need to add more one and a half mile tracks to the schedule now. Hit or miss the mark. I think it hits the mark. Um I mean, let's be honest, these cars are better at mile and a half, I think. And the first track that I would put right back on the schedule is Auto Club. I mean, we've seen this car at that racetrack put on, I'd say, some of the best racing that we've seen yeah. with this car. Mm -hmm. Outside of maybe Kansas and, and Charlotte to a point, I just... The road course racing with this car sucks. It's just it terrible. The it short does. track racing with this car sucks and it's terrible. Um, I mean, it's so bad that on road courses that they brought back the stage break yellows. So, I mean, that says yeah. something if they do that in the middle of a season. Yep. So bring, bring uh, back some more mile and a half, I think. Yeah. Yeah. Mile and a half, two mile tracks, but the ones where they, they're building up runs and stuff, you know, I, I would actually, I would love to see them, you know, take one of the Atlanta races. If you want to do one with the low horsepower, high downforce package, great. But do one with the higher horsepower, low downforce package. I think I would, that would be really good to see too. I would like to see these cars at Chicagoland and Kentucky. I said the same. I was just going to say that Chicagoland. I think Chicagoland would be really good. Um, I think Kentucky could be good too. Um, I Indy Oval, right? We talked about the Indy Oval. I think the Indy Oval could be really good with these cars just because of the runs that they can build, right? I and I the way that these cars can side draft and stuff. I actually think you could see two wide racing at a track like Indy. Um, you know, because when you get to somebody's, you know, when you get up to the side of the corner of that car, especially the way that these rocker boxes are and the and the rear diffusers. Yeah, I, I think you could see some really cool racing. And look, they might run Andy Oval and it might suck. Okay, fine. But I don't think there's any way possible it's going to be worse than the Andy Road Course. Like that race sucks. You know, the, the road courses and the short tracks right now, um, you know, we've talked about them needing to make changes to the car and they need to do this, they need to do that. I actually, you know, doing... And I've been doing research for other reasons, but it made me think of this. I'm actually thinking with the cup cars, 
you know, we've talked about increasing horsepower and stuff like that. I think, hey, increase the horsepower and actually increase the downforce at these short tracks. Um, let's get the let's get the tires hooked up to the track even more and give them the power to where, hey, now these things are getting hotter. They're spinning the tires, right? They're losing the handling. Um, you know, when you remove downforce from the tires, especially the way that these tires are now, you know, you talk about the saturation point and all the stuff like this. I don't think the tires are, are getting hot enough. I don't think they're being worked enough unless you are literally, you know, except for those rare moments when you're trying to pass somebody, right? And you're using your stuff up. Other than that, I don't think they're they're being uh, put under enough stress. So, yeah, I if they're not going to be making significant changes and with these suppliers, it's almost impossible for them to make those changes. Then yeah, let's get some more mile and a half, two mile tracks on here, and uh, get the racing, get the racing to look more like what we've seen at places like Auto Club and Kansas. Because uh, this last week at Kansas was incredible. I, Kansas right now is probably my favorite racetrack on the schedule. Um, you can run any groove on the track and be fast, and you're not worried so much about dirty air and all that stuff like that because like i said if someone's the car in front of you is running high you can just go low and (laughs) make it work so yeah i would love to see more tracks like that i think chicagoland would be close to that uh kentucky possibly as well so yeah let's uh let's do more of that type of racing because right now that's the best product that nascar has all right so that's going to do it all for the hit or miss portion of the show. But when we get back from our quick little break, we're going to be diving into our dirt track recap and our NASCAR pick them for this next week. So stick around. All right, Keith, before we get into the dirt track recap, we got our NASCAR pick them. So last week we had, let's see, I had Denny Hamlin. You had Kyle Larson. Um, normally a fourth place finish for you would equal the win, but I Hamlin had got a second, so I actually got another win in a row. Now I'm still getting my ass kicked in the points, but it's nice to actually pop off two wins in a row. I don't think I've done that since like week ten. I, it's been a long time, so uh Nice run for both of them, actually. Um, I actually thought Denny Hamlin's going to win. Dude, Tyler Reddick, I'm pretty sure after the move that he put on on that last lap, cutting down to the ape and going three wide and making that pass for the lead, I'm pretty sure he needs a wheelbarrow to carry his manhood around the pits, dude. That um, was incredible. That was, to me, the move of the race. Did you get to watch the full race? I didn't watch the full race. I caught the uh, tail end of it, and from what I saw, it was it was really good. And Tyler Reddick, hats off to you, my friend. Yes, Tyler Reddick in that in that race, especially those last few laps, he showed his ceiling. Like you're like, okay, this is why you know Denny Hamlin wanted to sign him. You know, two years in advance. <laughs> like this is this is what everybody's been fawning over because dude, the the guys got insane talent he really does and when they put it together he's freaking fast so yeah hats off to him um we got bristol night race this week thank god it's the actual track and not that dirt crap 
Um, I love dirt racing, just not with the NASCAR Cup Series. Nope. Uh, so I got the win list last week, so I'm going to pick this week. I, oof, I actually so torn on who I want to pick. Uh, hmm. You know what? I am going to go with. I'm going to go with Busher. Damn it. Is that who you were going to pick? <laughs> it's okay. I actually was going to pick Harvick and I picked Busher because I thought you were going to pick Harvick. <laughs> I was like, I'll let him pick Harvick on, on the last round. So I tell you what, I will pick Harvick then. I actually think Har- I think Harvick's going to be up front. I think we're going to see him make the next round of the playoffs, and I would not be shocked if he got the win. You know, he was running up front. He's been running up front here before. You know, he does well at Bristol. So I'll take Harvick then. You, you can take Busher if you want. Sounds like a plan because I was, right. I was flip-flopping between Chris Busher and Kevin Harvick. They're both really good at Bristol. Yeah, and Busher got the Busher won last year, right at Bristol. Yeah, yeah. Busher won so. the last race at Bristol, and and Kevin Harvick has been really good at concrete Bristol. Yep, he has. I, I think, um, yeah, I actually think those two should be the favorites to win um, at Bristol, just because uh, obviously, uh, Busher won there last year. And they are running way better this year. I mean, you look at where Busher is now compared to where they were last year. It's not even close. I mean, they're, they are so much better than what they were. And for him to be coming in to a track that he's already won at and they are vastly improved, I think he has an excellent shot at getting the win um, this week. And like we said, you know, Harvick has done really, really well at at bristol i think one of the reasons that he does so well is the fact that with the track the way that it is now and that progressive banking and all that stuff like that you see so many people running up on the wall and harvick is you know he can always run all those tracks where you see all these people running high he's just down on the bottom passing people like he he always makes that bottom work so and it's uh, weird yeah it is it's so against the grain but yeah he uh Hey, he makes it work, and I don't yep. know how he does it, but he does. <laughs> yep. Absolutely, absolutely, yeah. Um, I, uh, I like that pick uh, because I think both of them are going to have really good races. So, those are our picks for our NASCAR pick'em, and we're gonna move on here to our dirt track recap, which. We got a ton of stuff to cover because there was a lot that obviously happened this last weekend on the dirt tracks. Kicking things off was Corey Day winning the uh, Gold Cup Race of Champions here at uh, Silver Dollar Speedway in Chico. Um, We've been talking about Corey Day pretty much this whole season. you know, last you look last year at what he did when the Outlaws came on the West Coast swing. He had some good runs. This year, you know, he has done a whole lot more racing with them, and to get his first Outlaw win at Gold Cup is incredible. Uh, you know, it's 
for a drive for a California, especially for a California driver, a, you know, a Northern California driver, you know, he's from Clovis, um, which is not, you know, just a couple hours away. Uh, you know, this is where you go as a kid, right? I mean, Corey Day was at Silver Dollar Speedway when his dad, Ronnie, was running here. You know what I mean? Like, this is a track where a lot of these kids growing up, they, you know, Kyle Larson talked about it. You spend the weekend at Gold Cup. Like, it, that's what we did. I mean, you know, Brad Sweet said the same thing. Gold Cup was in town. It was a holiday. You missed school. You, you, you know what I mean? Like, you were out of school. You camped out for the whole week. It was awesome. And you got to see the outlaws and it was like a big event. And every kid that was a, you know, that raced anything, whether it was outlaw carts or whatever, your dream was to win gold cup in a sprint car against the outlaws. And Corey day got to do it. And it was, uh, he had an incredible weekend. He was in, he was so fast. And in fact, the California drivers did really, really well. Uh, if you look at gold cup throughout the entire weekend, an outlaw regular did not get a win on a pre prelim night. They did not obviously win the feature. They did not even lead a lap. Think about that for one moment. Brad Sweet, David Gravel, Carson Macedo, right? Logan Shuhart. Name your Donnie Shots. Name your uh World of Outlaw regular, and not one of them led a single lap at Gold Cup. It was incredible. And uh, Corey Day, I mean, he dominated the feature. He led every lap. Um, it was just, uh, uh, it was uh, it was awesome. I did not get to go in person, which I was really upset about, unfortunately. I was so busy with the glass business last week. I could not get there. Um, I just had way too much to do. I didn't want to get up there at, you know, eight o'clock at night and miss half of the, you know, racing. And so I didn't get a chance to go, but I did watch it on Dirt Vision. He dominated and he is, he's really setting himself up for a, what could be an incredible dirt racing career. Um, really quick, because I don't think people, I don't think people have given enough credit obviously he's the driver and that's what everybody focuses on and he's had an incredible year and he has shown his talent right if you look at his last you know handful of races with the outlaws he's got like five straight top five finishes he made the feature in knoxville which is incredible i think he finished you know 12th at the knoxville nationals but you think of the number of cars and all the drivers who show up from literally all over the country for a 17 year old kid to make the feature and then you know run in the top half of the field that's insane and if you look at his team and his what you would call his support system, um, when you've got the talent that he has, there's no wonder he has he's having this success that he's having. Um, you know, like I said, he's 17 years old right now. He's currently leading the uh, Northern Auto Racing Club's King of the West series. He's going to probably win that championship. I mean, he would have to like not run the rest of the season to not win the championship. He's got only 29 World of Outlaw starts. He got his first win. He's like I said, five straight top fives with the Outlaws. He made the feature at the Knoxville Nationals. This year, he's got 40 starts in a 410 sprint car. He's won nine of them. He has a 23% win rate. He has 29 top 10 finishes in a 410 sprint car this year. 
right? That is a 73% top 10 rate. That is insane for a 17-year-old kid. And if you look at the people around him, it's no wonder that he's doing so well, right? Everything is coming together. Jason Myers, you guys... If you are of any, if you know anything about the world of outlaws, you know who Jason Myers is. Jason Myers, right, won two straight world of outlaw championships, 2010, 2011. He won them at the peak of Donnie Schatz's run, right? Schatz won 10 championships. There was a basically like a, it was like a four year stretch where he had only in the middle of those championships where he only won one championship. The first person to dethrone him when he start when he started winning them championships was Jason Myers, and Jason Myers went back to back. And then in 2012, Myers retired. Right, defending World Outlaws champion, he walked away. He had two girls, was married, had a family. I think his girls were getting to an age where they were getting ready to start school or something like. That. If I'm remembering this correctly, because this was a long time ago, it was 11 years ago. But essentially, they just didn't want to have their kids grow up on the road. And it was, you know, time to settle down. And so he retired from the Outlaws as the defending champion. Shots wins the next wins the championship that year. Then the following year, Darren Pittman wins one, and then Shots goes on another run and wins like four in a row or something like that before Brad Sweet beats him. But Donnie Shots, at the peak of his powers, Jason Myers was the man to beat him, and then retired. And this is who you've got basically as like the car owner for Corey Day. You've also got Corey's dad, Ronnie Day, who did not have the success that Jason Myers had on the national stuff. But when you look at the regional stuff, like Ronnie Day is a he's a legend out here. Like the dude won, you know, four ten races, three sixty races. You know, was I mean running in you know USAC Western State midget races. He was winning in like I talked about it before. The guy that I worked for, Terry Caves, Ronnie Day was one of his best drivers who ran for him. Uh, the dude was an incredible open wheel dirt driver and that's his dad and then he's got shane bowers as his crew chief shane bowers won world of outlaws championships as a crew chief with donnie shots and jason myers he even has worked for like stevie smith like this dude knows his shit and so these are the guys that are around Corey day when you have that kind of support staff or team around you with that kind of equipment obviously these are all outlaw caliber people right world champions um, he's not going to be out there in a hunk of junk. My buddy Kyle told me a story when he he bought a used front end from them, a complete front end. He said you could lift this thing up with two fingers. The whole thing, everything was titanium. He's like, it's the best stuff you can get. And that's what Corey Day's dealing with. So for him, I, I mean, we talked about it before, Keith. I said I thought he was the number one up and coming dirt driver in the country. Uh, he showed it this last weekend and I think he's only going to get better. So did you get a chance to see the, the, the dirt, the feature at gold cup? I seen a little bit of the highlights and Corey day proved why he should be the number one prospect in yeah. world of outlaw sprint car racing. Yeah. Yeah. He, it was incredible, man. So they've got Hanford and Placerville this weekend. I would expect him to have another strong run. Um, I don't know how much more outlaw stuff he's going to do this year. You know, he's only 17. He's a junior in high school. Um, or no, I actually, I take that back. Excuse me. I think he is a, is he a junior or senior? Either, I, I can't remember if he's a junior or senior, but his dad, Ronnie said, they're not going to be doing any full-time, you know, 
tour racing until he's out of high school. He wants him to, you know, get to be a kid, which I think is smart. You know, we see this a lot of times with these guys who got talent and they show promise and then they get, they get moved along too fast. And, uh, that's when burnout happens. Yeah. It's when burnout happens. And then what you also end up going through the normal ups and downs of racing, because I don't care who you are, you're going to have downtimes, right? Where things are just not working. And, that's when, you know, when you're the hot, when you're the next up and comer, you're the hot shoe, the, the, the person that everybody wants behind their, the wheel of their car. And then all of a sudden you hit a, a rough patch. You know, if you don't have that type of experience, you could, it could really screw with your head and the mental side of things is it's just as important as the physical. So in any sport racing in general, you know, it doesn't matter. So I think it's smart for them to do that. I'm, I said it before, I think he could actually drive anything i i think he's that good um i know it's like blasphemous to compare him to kyle larson but I, I there are so many similarities when i watch them race it reminds me of when i was watching larson race out here in california and just being like yeah that kid's gonna be special and that's what i see with Corey day and i'm like look i'm just i'm i'm a, I'm a nobody but you know i'm not some talent scout but i just when i watch him race it's incredible and i know people who race against them all the time and they they do know their their stuff they say the same thing so yeah hats off to him huge win and uh, i'm looking forward to seeing what else he can accomplish now on the other end of the spectrum we had the world 100 at eldora hudson o'neill got the win over jonathan davenport uh incredible this was a really good race keith i know you're not big into the late models but I got to tell you, the late models at Eldora, it's one of the best races you can watch. I mean, even if you're not a late model fan, you should watch that race because the way that those guys run and they're up on the fence, literally banging their right rear quarter panel off the wall and they're down on the bottom and throwing crazy sliders. Like it's such a, it's such a good race, man. And uh, Hudson O'Neill, Jumped out front early. Ferguson got the lead early. Then Hudson O'Neill got the lead. Uh, Davenport ended up getting the lead. And when when I was watching it, when Jonathan Davenport got the lead, I thought it was over. I thought it was over. I was like, Superman's going to get another one. And Hudson O'Neill got back around him and won the race. And it was um, it was pretty cool, man. Uh, that was the first World 100 win for Rocket chassis which is also or not rocket chassis but the rock like the rocket house car which is pretty incredible when you think about all the success that they've had over the years so uh yeah big shout out to hudson o'neill and that because that was a, a really huge win um the lucas oil late model series they're actually running the late model knoxville nationals this weekend last night was uh night number one ricky thornton jr got the win um there was some there was some drama with tires at the world 100 you had a bunch of people who uh right fronts were blowing out and um you know we've seen tire issues over the over the year you know this new tire um that has been rolled out and it's not just we've you know we haven't just seen issues with with teams and drivers on the sprint car side we've seen it on the dirt side as well and at old or at eldora Apparently, you know, the guys at Hoosier, right, whoever, you know, is kind of in charge, whatever it is, um, they had been telling the teams, hey, you need to, you know, 
decrease your camber. Don't be as aggressive with the camber and, you know, run a minimum of 14 PSI in that right front tire. Um, because what was happening was, is apparently the inside, you know, the inside of the tire, the inside temps. And when I say inside, I mean, if you look at a tire and you divide it into thirds, right? The inside of the tire, the middle of the tire, and then the outside of the tire, we're talking about the, the width of it, right? The tread. Apparently the inside they were seeing temps like they have never seen before, like the hottest temps they've seen in like 20 years. And apparently that message did not get to all of the teams. I guess there were some teams that didn't, they did, they either weren't told that or they didn't hear it, whatever. And, uh, ended up having blowouts and were pretty upset because it ruined their race in the world 100. Cause I, there was like three I think there was like two or three guys that had blowouts in the feature alone. So, uh, yeah, that was, uh, that was, that, that sucked because like I said, a couple of guys had their nights ended early because of that. And it was really unfortunate, especially because of the fact that it seems like it would have been avoided had they just made sure that the message got relayed to everybody. So I don't know who that falls on, but tough break for those guys who had the blowouts. Uh, now, USAC sprints. We did have uh, the race at Texarkana. Night number one got rained out. Rained out, I believe. Um, did you get to see this? Did you watch the sprints at Texarkana, Keith? I did, and holy crap, what a race! Yeah, Matt Westfall got the win. Um, yeah, and didn't just was, get a win. He yeah. spanked their ass. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know that dude. He might be one of the best sprint car drivers when it comes to running the bottom. I, I, he is so good on the bottom. He's incredible, man. Yeah, between him and Shane Cottle, mm-hmm. those two, I don't know how they do it, what they yep. do to to do it. But when yep. when when you have a line up lane at the bottom, watch out because yeah. Matt and or Shane Cottle will find it. Yep. Yeah, he's so good at the. In fact, there was a. Uh, Emez had a video. He was running. Where were they running the sprint car at? I can't remember. It wasn't that long ago. I just remembered this now as we were talking about it. And he was in the video. He was behind Westfall and the track was on the bottom. And he's literally talking, you know, kind of, you know, giving his audio over the race. And he's just saying like, this dude's so good on the bottom. You're not going to pass him on the bottom. I'm searching for lines, trying to get around him. There's no way around him because the line's on the bottom and I just can't do it. He's just too freaking good. Like <laughs> he was even saying like, dude, I'm not going to get around this guy on the bottom. He's too good. And yeah, he, he put it on him at Texarkana, man. It was a, it was a, it was really, really cool to see. Uh, now also the big news out of that was Justin Grant got the points lead over Brady Bacon. So he's only, is it eight points, nine points ahead of Bacon? So it's still really, really tight. You know, Bacon can obviously still get the championship, but uh, Justin Grant seems to be coming on at the right time right now, man. He, It seems like they've kind of hit a second gear with that sprint car team, and he seems to be on fire lately. He, I, It seems like every race that he's been in, he's been running up front. And and that's what championship teams do. I mean, yep. I think we're going to see Justin Grant and Brady Bacon ramp it up here on the home stretch of the schedule, and it's going to be fun to watch. Yeah, yeah. Now there's only they've only got like I think it's seven races left. Uh, 
They've got Circle City and Tri-State this weekend. Then they got Gas City next week on like, is it like a Wednesday or a, I think it's a Thursday. Yeah, they got Gas City on Thursday on the 21st. And then next Saturday, Four Crown Nationals, which I'm going to be at. I cannot freaking wait to go to this. I'm so excited. Uh, so yeah, that'll that's going to be fun, man. That's going to be interesting to see because after that, they've got Lawrenceburg and then they close out the season at Red Dirt. So. Yeah, you think uh, you think Justin Grant's going to pull off the championship? I do. I mean, he and it, it's so tough because I feel like Justin Grant will, but I also think Brady Bacon will. Yeah, I'm not going to be surprised by. I won't by be surprised either. by either. Yeah, yeah, and 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 let me let me just get this out. If Justin Grant wins. The points will be very close. Yes. If Brady Bacon wins, the points are going to be very close because we're coming up to some tracks that Justin Grant is very strong at. Yes, absolutely. He's really good at Tri-State. He's really good at Circle City, Gas City. I mean, it's going to be a knockout drag out from here to to Red Dirt Raceway Mm -hmm. in think I think I think Justin Grant gets it done, wins two in a row. I think so too. Um, I don't see Grant getting the win in the midget championship. I think CV, as long as they don't have a disaster, I think CV's going to bring that one home. He's got, I like, I mean, he's got a hundred plus, it's almost 200 point lead over Grant in the midget. So I think CV's going to pull that one off, but I think Grant's got a chance to, uh, win that sprint car championship because he has been looking really strong as of late. Uh, and, and he has, and, and I think he, he might even have a, a small shot at making up some ground in the midgets. Uh, there are some tracks coming up on that schedule too, that he, he's won out in the past and, and he, he's felt the pressure of winning a championship and, and it'll yes. be interesting to see if he can apply that pressure to Logan CV and to forcing him to make some mistakes. But I think it's going to be tough. Logan CV has been pretty strong in the midget this year. Yes, he has. He's been really good in the midget this year, but yeah, you're right. They, they got some, they got some tracks coming up. Um, obviously they got, they got gas city next weekend or next week as well. Uh, the sprints and midgets are running together at gas city. And then obviously you got four crown. Um, they've got the third track at IMS Indianapolis motor speedway. And then they've, they've got their West coast swing Bakersfield, Placerville, Merced, Ventura. And, you know, both those guys are California drivers. I mean, that's, they, they raced out here, you know, coming up. So it'll be a good battle. I do think CV is going to get the championship. Um, CV's got a chance to win the Silver Crown Championship too. He's leading that as well. I think he's only he's only like one or two points ahead in the Silver Crown, but yeah, he's only got a one point lead over Cody Swanson. Justin Grant's third in the Silver Crown. So yeah, these guys, you know, they're I to me Justin Grant's the best USAC driver out there. You know, for what you because you can put him in any freaking car and the guy's got a chance to win he's just incredible 
Um, but I tell you what, Logan Seavey has made a huge step up this year. He really has. He has, especially in the midgets and the in the silver crown. Not so much the sprint car. They're they're struggling with that two B car for yeah. whatever reason. And it always seems like when they figure it out, it goes right back to being poo poo. But hopefully, hopefully they figure it out by the end of the season. I I hate seeing guys as strong as Logan CV struggle consistently, yeah. struggling to make shows when they when they should easily make them. But yep. Logan CV, watch out for him at Eldora in the Silver Crown car. He was super fast there the last two years that I've I've watched. So yep. Yep. Yeah, definitely. So So yeah, coming into the home stretch of a lot of these dirt racing series and it's uh it's gonna be gonna be exciting, man. But yeah, next weekend for Crown, I cannot freaking wait. Which does remind me, um no pod next week because I'll be gone uh, at the four crown. So no pod next week. We'll pick it back up the following week and we'll have a really long show because we'll obviously have to cover my trip in four crown, but also everything that has happened over the, over the course of the last two weeks. So, so yeah, but that's our dirt track recap. And before we wrap things up today, we are going to have our goat of the week, which of course is our little, play on the whole media and anytime anybody does anything good they're now obviously it's asked are they the next best thing right team wins the super bowl are they the next dynasty right so this is our little play on that with our goat of the week so keith my man who is your goat of the week um i'm gonna give it to matt westfall we talked about it earlier he just he showed up to texarkana and delivered an old-fashioned ass whipping um a yellow a late yellow came out and i was kind of worried like man they'll figure it out the top here on a restart and and get him and they didn't he just he pulled out to a big lead even after the yellow came out and won his first usac race and since 2006 i think they said so hats yeah a long time Westfall. hats off to everybody at ray marshall motorsports they got the they got the dub and deservingly so yeah I like that pick. Um, you're right. His last win was like 16 or 17 years ago, which is incredible. You know, the fact that he's still doing it. I love, I personally love that. And why not, why not make your next one a 10,000 to win race? (laughs) Yeah, exactly. So good pick. I like that. Um, my go to the week is obvious. I, I already talked about him a ton. I've been talking about him for the last few months. Corey Day, uh, what he did at Gold Cup was incredible for him to come out and dominate that feature the way that he did. Looked good the whole weekend. Uh, you know, just hats off. I like I said before, I think the kid's got insane talent and he he showed us that this last Saturday night at Gold Cup. I mean the whole week at, at Silver Dollar. So yeah, that's my go to the week. Big surprise there. But yeah, uh, did a phenomenal job. And yeah, looking forward to seeing what he's going to do next. So anyways, that is going to do it all for this week's show. Um, you guys, thank you very much as always for downloading, subscribing, sharing all the stuff that you've been doing. Uh, please keep doing it. Um, we really appreciate it. Keith and I, we do this literally just because it's fun. We enjoy it. And uh, it's good to know that there's people out there who continue to enjoy it and, you know, spread it around and get the thing 
growing a little bit each and every week. So thank you very much for doing that. Uh, but anyways, that's going to do it all for this episode. Keith, my man, enjoy your weekend. Um, are you going to be a four crown or no? I'm going to try my damnedest to make it. Okay. I'll have to. Hoping so. If you, if you make it, I'll have, we'll have to hook up, man, when we're there. So, cause there's a bunch of us going from the SSR group. So it's going to be really cool. I think there's like 10 of us that are going to be there or something. Awesome. Yeah. So, so yeah, hopefully I'll see you out of four crown, but if not, I will talk to you the following week. So you guys remember no pod next, this, this coming week, we'll have one the following week and we'll have a ton of stuff to cover when we come back. So hope you all have a great weekend. Enjoy the racing out there. And until next time, as always, take care.